Coming up on Mad Props, Mike Kinch, Wicked Hot Golf. We'll be coming on to kind of talk about his page and we're catching up and stuff like that. Make sure you follow Schnabel Studios anywhere you get your social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok. Been posting a lot, a lot of good stuff. You can see everything from the Schnabel Studios, Mad Props, Southern Hospitality, um, sketching up, also other videos that have been done within the sketching, uh, sketching up within the Schnabel Studios realm. You can see all that stuff, follow Schnabel Studios. You can also follow Mad Props on Instagram, Mad Props Pod. You can find that out. So follow all that stuff um, and stay, stay, up, stay in touch with us, stay up to date with us, all that stuff. I'm stuttering. I'm, I'm just excited. You know, it's been hiatus after hiatus, move after move. Uh, if you guys have noticed, if you're watching, uh, my background is like kind of put together. If you're listening, I'll tell you right now, the move is official. I'm in Indianapolis. Um, if you watch Jordan Robles last episode, which if you haven't, check it out at the top somewhere up there um, and go check that out. And if you're listening, just go back an episode. Jordan Robles, one of the best wiffle ball players in the world came on. Um, but that was my last one in Hartford, Connecticut. I am now in Indianapolis, Indiana, and my setup is all done and, and we're here. And it was quite the move. I mean, um, my girlfriend can, went down before me. Uh, with her mom, brought all our stuff. When I was doing that Jordan Robles interview, it was a very blank background because I didn't have anything. I didn't have anything. I didn't. I didn't have anything. I didn't own anything, um, or I didn't own anything currently with me. So it was. It was. It was tough. I had to stay up there for a week, finish up work. But I'm here, and I'm so excited. So if you're an Indian, you want to say hi, shoot us a message, and. Uh, and then maybe we can go hoop or something together before we get started again, make sure you like, and subscribe to the podcast, whether you're on YouTube or on Spotify. And if, Hey, if you're on social media and you see this, or if you go on social media later, throw us a like, throw us a comment, it helps us boost. We're trying to get it out to the people because we do this for, we don't just do this for you, but we really do it for us. Like I, I just love doing this, but we also do it for everybody to kind of learn about these people, about these, about these, uh, about these people, about their products, about what they do, all that stuff. I'm just kind of rambling at this point. You know, we'll stop the rambling. Let's start the music. Let's get into it. Wicked hot golf, baby. Let's go. Hi, I'm Mike Kish. Let's start the show. All right, Mike, he's here. What's up? We have a history together. We'll go over that a little bit. But how you doing? Thanks for joining us. Thanks for talking about your stuff. How we doing? Good, dude. No complaints. Uh, lots changed since you and I were, were last in touch. But um, yeah, no, life's, life's good, dude. Life's good. Baseball was the thing when you and I were, uh, were last <laughs> in touch. And now it's kind of pivoted to, to golf. So that's kind of the, the new thing. Yeah, your page, Wicked Hard Golf. Wicked Hard or Wicked Hard? Wicked hot golf. It's a golf accent. page. Yeah. yeah, you gotta do with you gotta do with the is the Boston accent, even though you're a New England guy now living living a little north of Boston. That's right. where that's where it all started and everything like that. But Wicked Hot Golf, you can find it on Instagram and you're just you're just kinda like showing your best scores, showing tips, have beautiful drone shots. Just definitely got some jealousy going on there with the, the drone shots because they're absolutely gorgeous. And you're just like, damn, how do I get there? But why don't you tell us a little bit about Wicked Hot Golf? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it kind of started where 
honestly, I, I was terrible at golf. Like I was, I was not good at golf. COVID was a thing. And like, I mean, if I golfed, it was maybe twice a year. I mean, that's, that's maybe, um, all extremely hand-me-down clubs, wooden club. You know what I mean? I did, I had nothing, I had nothing, but I, I enjoyed the game, but I just couldn't, couldn't get into it. And then COVID happened. Right. And like all my buddies or at least a good amount of them were, were pretty heavily into golf. Um, and like anytime I go out with them, I was frustrated because like they'd give me tons of strokes and like I just felt like I wasn't competitive at all. And like me just deep down, I was like, man, I like I'd like I like to get good at this. Right. I'd like to somehow make a change here and 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 just get into golf. So I was like, screw it. I'll start golfing on my own because before it was like, I'm not going to golf my own. Um, and I think it was kind of getting over a hump of just like my ego of like maybe getting judged of being bad out there. Um, but actually, like at the end of the day, it was like I'd. I'd I've met so many great people um, just playing golf by myself. And, and a lot of times it'd be like really early morning um, because again, COVID, I was working from home. So I could tee off at six in the morning, play nine holes, be back and showered and, and you know, ready to go by nine, you know, in the office. But most of the time it would be twilight rounds, just getting out when I could. Um, and then I got the itch. They call it the itch where like, you know, you mix in a good, hole right oh shoot i birdied for the first time you know i i had three pars in a row or two pars or you know i shot a 40 you know at the time i don't know i mean i was maybe breaking i mean i was at like 100 maybe and i was you know, I, I wasn't good but I, I enjoyed it and i wanted to get better so it's kind of some of those things where i needed that competitive edge after i lost uh baseball right when i broke my leg going into my senior year um like i baseball was my life it really defined who i was or at least I thought so. And a lot, you know, a lot of my like extended, you know, family members, whatever, anything at like family functions with baseball, you know, I was baseball, we were doing baseball. And so I was like, I felt like I was nobody. Once that was over, I was like, shoot, I got nothing. Um, and, I, and I needed to push myself to, to find a hobby again to, that I enjoyed. And, uh, and that's it. And then it was golf. And I didn't care if I was with people, if I wasn't, I just wanted to get out there and play. And uh, I just started to see a lot of results quick, like, quicker than most, I guess. Like I'd, I have a buddy who's scratch, right. Or, or even better than scratch at times, um, where he's shooting even par, if not breaking it. Um, and it was just impressive. It was impressive to see. And then he'd be like, dude, like you keep this up and you, you know, you, it, it's all, it's all repetitiveness. You gotta, you gotta play a lot. You gotta practice a little bit. And, and, um, it's really about getting out there. A lot of people think like, Oh, I'm not good at golf. Well, you know, do you play do you play at least once a week? No, you know, every two weeks may, or, you know, once every two weeks, whatever. It's like, you can't expect to get good at golf, right? If, if you're not playing. Um, and once I got into it, it became a thing where I was like, all right, how do I get better? And I just like, was like, oh, we record some of my swings. That's kind of how it started. That's kind of how the page started where I was like, I'm going to record some of my swings and shoot. Like if I, if I get something cool on it, if I have a good hole, like that's cool. I have it documented too. Like, I'm like, oh, like, you know, cause my buddy, especially one of my buddies, him and I are pretty head to head. Like, uh, it's like he wouldn't believe me type stuff, right? So I'd just be like, oh, I'm going to go out there. But plus, it was more or less for me to, like, see my swing. What am I doing if I'm slicing it heavily? Why? Like, and, you know, and then I'd be on that route of, like, YouTube guys, you know, teaching me, like, whatever. And then, honestly, this is pretty early, like, good, good golf. This is before they really blew up to what they are now. Um, but a lot of these YouTube guys weren't much. Like, golf wasn't what it is now. And I think that's something that's cool about golf is that it's, like, extremely blown up right you got live golf that split up you got rivalries now 
Um, this week you got the Ryder Cup, which again I wasn't a golf guy. I didn't watch golf. You know, I knew Tiger Woods and I, you know, Rory, and I knew names, right? But like, never watched it. Barely knew the rules, right? And I started to get to know the rules and etiquette, and um, and then I, there was a lot of you know uh, beauty in golf too. Like I, I started to realize is like golf courses are early in the morning. I wasn't you know I wasn't a real early morning guy, but shit, I would get out of bed at five in the morning to go play golf. And I was like, wow, I get out there, it's quiet. You know, it was, and, and then I started to realize, shit, golf is a lot like, not baseball in a sense, but, you know, similar in ways where it's like you, you know, it's you with you. I mean, it's a team sport and, and baseball, but it's it's a lot of you against you. And then out there on the golf course, it's it's a lot like life, right? Where like, you could be doing well, you could, you could hit a good ball and be behind a tree. Um, you could hit a good ball and be out of bounds. Um, so you had to like, it was a lot of learning throughout and, and, and it was a gross growth phase in my life. And in COVID, it was a weird time in life. So it was, it was something to kind of keep me going, get, keep a little hobby going. And then again, it kind of turned into like, wow, this is cool. This is fun. And then again, more of my buddies got into golf and then I got more interested in watching golf. And then, um, like I said, like, golf outside of the professional level is is massive now i mean you got bob does sports you got these guys out there that are you know just having a good time and they're not that great like their their content is about getting better at golf it's more or less just like enjoying the game but enjoying company with friends and um i think that's that's what's cool about golf is no matter the age um everybody can enjoy it yeah and i mean going from a uh, baseball or a sport to golf is just like, that is the move. Like, doesn't matter what sport you played. Once you hang it up in that sport, it seems like golf is always the one to go to because you can still be competitive. You can keep playing for a long time, but it's also very peaceful and relaxing. And that's what most people like about it. For most people, at least some people throw their, you know, clubs into the trees every time they slice or something like that. And I'm mm-hmm. sure, you know, some people like that, but yeah. Um, yeah I, but... Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, 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 you're up. I was going to say, um, no, yeah, with, with the with the anger part, right, is I started to realize, too, it, believe me, we all have, we all get mad. And, and uh, but at the end of the day, like, so one of the one of the guys I play with was like, dude, you're not good enough to be mad. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, none of us are good enough to be mad. But that's why you get mad. Yeah. Because you're yeah. not good enough to be mad. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, you're not good enough to be mad. Like, at the end of the day, yeah, in the moment, yeah, you can be pissed off. You can be a little, you know, we, we all get mad, right? But, but. Um, at the end of the day, right. You, you got to realize like, shit, I'm not that great. And then again, that's the best part about golf. You could have a shitty shot and still end up with a great hole. That's, that's yeah. what's wild with the game is you could hit a shitty tee shot, be in the other fairway, be behind a tree and then hit the shot of your life and end up with a bird or a par. And like, you're like, wow, how did I do that? Whereas you could have a good shot right down the middle, be stoked and chuck it. And then you're like, it could, it could snowball badly, or you can kind of somehow manage and, and get by and then uh you can finish with the route of your life it's a it's, it's, a weird... it's about skill and luck it really is it's a game of yeah. skill but also a game of luck and like i said it, that's why it could be peaceful because some yeah. it doesn't matter how and, and golf really it doesn't matter how good or bad you are anybody can go out and do it like yeah not and, and anybody could do any sport but they're not going to do it as successful and this isn't a, a dig at golfers or anything like that, but like, I feel like you can bring anybody out to the golf course. They may not be that good, but they can, they could do it for a little bit, especially if you teach them a little bit, like you yeah. can't 
bring somebody out to play baseball and say like, yeah, just hit the ball <laughs> and then the thumbs firing in. They're not going to do it. Um, you can't, you can't go play fives and bring, bring somebody that's never played basketball before and be like, all right, you're going to join that team and expect them to do anything, you know, but yeah, golf, even though y'all hit it and you'll stink, you can, you can go out there and pace. learn slow, slow pace. pace yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Baseball, right. Yeah. You're not going to get someone going up there trying to pitch like, you know, they're going to slow everything down. They're going to completely, you know, it's going to change the whole flow of the game. Everybody's going to be frustrated. It's just not going to happen. The same with pickup. You got a guy who can't do much. We all played with that guy that can't do anything. And it's great when he's on the other team and it's awful when he's on your team. And I absolutely used to be that guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sure. Haven't we all in some type of sport, right? I mean, believe me, when it came to like growing up, I hate, I could not stand hockey. And like, I have friends who all come, come play hockey or pick up or on the pond hockey. And I would just be such a liability out there. I'm like, it's like a baby deer on ice too. Yeah. Broken inward. I'm like, that's, it's like now basketball is such a big part of my life now. Like I play it every single day and I never, I used to like playing basketball. We used to play basketball and we worked, we never even talked about like how we know each other yet. We, we've gone about 10 minutes into this thing. So we both worked at the Red Sox camps and I was, you were like basically the co lead of the entire thing. And I was an age group leader. I don't remember the exact titles or anything like that, to be honest with yeah. you. But we, we were basically both leads and we became friends through that. And we used to do stuff like play basketball afterwards and, and like hang out and stuff like that. And that's how we became friends. So that's kind of a quick overview of that. But like even then we used to play basketball. As, as, as the listeners known, as you know, I used to be very heavy. So like I wasn't, I was always a liability when I played sports because I was slower. I was bigger. I didn't move as well. But, you know, basketball was a huge part of me losing my weight, like especially once I got to Spokane, Washington, which is like basketball is like life over there, obviously, with Gonzaga. Like yeah. I play every day now. And like it's it's Dude, cardio yeah, is it's, legit. The cardio is super the, legit. And it is. Yeah. But for, for me, basketball is has become so big in my life, not only because of the cardio and the, the weight loss and stuff like that, like it's more of the mental ease it puts me at. And I feel like that's the same thing probably with you in golf. Like when I need to, when I need to think about something, if there's a major problem or something I really need to think about, I go play basketball for a little bit. Running is the same thing with me now. I can't stand running, but running has really helped me ease my mind. So I do it. You know, I do, I do like, like six miles or four miles or whatever, because it just helps me ease my mind a lot. Uh, but basketball is a big one on that. Like when I have to make big decisions, I always go play basketball. Or if I really have to think about something, something sitting on my mind, I go and play basketball. Fives really helps. Shooting around really helps. And again, the whole weight loss. I mean, I don't need to say the whole story again, because it's been said on this podcast many times, but to go from 420 pounds to 220 pounds, basketball is a huge part of this. Yeah, and you look fantastic. And thank like, you, thank yeah, you. Just absolutely. for you, actually, just for this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, dude, I used to be big pickup basketball. Also, I mean, basketball was also a big part of my life. I didn't, I didn't play. I played to like sophomore year of high school, but I loved pickup too. That was one of my bigger things. I played like softball um, as well, and uh, I, I loved them as uh, too. And it was, it was funny because again, golf was never a thing on my mind for the longest time, and then dude, I, I actually hung up. Well, I didn't like, I'll play. I haven't played pickup in probably two years now. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. Since I've been, um, but even before that I, I hadn't picked it up with COVID. 
Um, but that was what, that's kind of what I was doing on this. when it came to like a hobby, it was like softball and, and, you know, backyard softball, not like a full on league. My, my buddy runs one. Um, and then it was pick up basketball where it was just like runs, like, you know, show up and I did it for a sweat, but I also, again, like to compete. And, uh, I used to be pretty decent at basketball, pretty decent shooter, but, uh, you know, I, I played some defense, but the, the things I hated was like, I'd always catch tray elbows. I'd always like be yep. on my ankle and Same. then when I started loving golf, I was like, dude, I don't know if I can, I, I don't know if I could risk because I'm literally that guy who shows up the first time and rolls my ankle and I'm, uh, I can't walk <laughs> weeks. Like it's like, so I was like, I got to make a decision. And I was like, shit, I'd rather play golf three days a week if I can, if not more. Um, than than playing basketball like shit i do miss it i do i do miss it a lot i like i, I like watching it more though now i think i i really love the celtics team um i think this is you know hey they could have been their this year is it? last couple of years but uh, it's just this is their year they're they're kind of like that team that lingers yeah. around you know has a great team but it's never never just gets over the hump but they brought everybody back so we'll see yeah the heart and soul is gone but we needed that height yeah, and if he can stay healthy, I think we'll be all right. But. Yeah, let's see if he plays. He's still ha- he's still not healthy right now. They're saying he might miss the beginning of the year, but yeah, because his foot, because of that that foot injury, that lingering foot injury. But Porzingis would be a good addition to that team, and and they got rid of uh, Williams as well, right? Williams is gone. Grant. Smart Grant. is gone. Yeah, yeah. but it, they they're gonna be good. I mean, the with basketball, like it's very top heavy, which is definitely like definitely a topic like it's very top heavy league right now where there's i think it's let me let me rewind here before i say something that i'm actually not saying i think this is the deepest basketball has ever been ever like ever in the history of the nba aba whatever this is the deepest it's ever been there's every team if you took like the middle of the pack team today and put them in 15 years ago they'd be one of the best teams because the teams are just so incredibly deep what i mean is we've gotten to a point where, and everybody knows like people are just transferring all over the place. People are, are, are going, not transferring. They're leaving like the whole James Harden situation, which is ridiculous where he's, he literally signs the contract that he's coming back. And the next day is like, trade me. It's like, just opt out, dude. But he knew he was going to get less money. We all know he, he wasn't going to get 35 million on the open market. Listen, I'm a big basketball guy now. I, Couple, when we when we were first talking, you, we would not have had this conversation because I wasn't right. as deep into it. But um, I think the, a lot of the the, the 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 stars in the league right now are younger. I mean, obviously, we still have the Katies, we still have the LeBrons and stuff like that. But like Wiggins, uh, the Halliburtons of the world, like these guys are the stars of the league coming up. And and it's a younger a younger age, and the guys in the second round are much better than the guys in the second round ten years ago. Like, yeah. there's they a lot of good. All, these, All these young guys. I mean, look at like just on the on the Knicks alone. There are two of their starters in the second round. Mitchell Robinson was a second rounder, and and Brunson's one of the best point guards in the league right now. Like he's the heart and soul of the Knicks. He was a second round pick. He was one of the best players of Villanova, and now he's you know second round pick. The the end of a bench is so much better than it's ever been. It really is. There's no Scalabrinis out there anymore. We know. I know you Boston guys love you some Scalabrini, right? You know, you love the White Mamba, and and I do too. He's a fan. He's very funny. He's great, but there's none of those in the league anymore. There's none of those. Oh, he's the worst player. When they talk about the worst players in the league, it's usually. I mean, people talk about Ben Simmons constantly. He never plays. 
but like he was also all NBA and he's considered one of the worst players in the league right now. He was a former all NBA. So very deep. You can go into Europe. You can go to all these places. I mean, it shows how deep it is worldwide. Like USA lost. USA lost. The U S lost and Canada lost. Right. It don't matter. It doesn't matter who you got, honestly. And and everybody's that talented. I mean, the amount of nutrition and, you know, workout programs, everything has just gotten that much better. And, uh, Talent is through the roof, dude. It's totally yeah. Through the roof. Well, it, I think it actually also comes back on what you're saying is the the world is getting better at basketball. Like yeah. the the country, like USA, used to be the gold standard, right? And Spain would be pretty good every now and then. And now Canada's on the rise. Canada has an amazing national team. Like there's some real big names on those teams, right? But um, these world players are coming over to America now. And, and I mean, look at the best, some of the best players in the NBA right now, I would say the top three aren't from America Embiid, uh, Giannis and, and, and Joker. None of them are American. Yeah. And Luke, uh, Doncic. I mean, you can, and Doncic is an American, like the best players in the world aren't American. And, and that's, what's making this league so deep because America still puts out the best, the best of the best. They put out a big crop of very good players. But the top of the game right now is from across the world. And and then there are are other guys that maybe aren't Doncic, but they're pretty good. They're starting somewhere. Like uh, Franz Franz Wagner is like huge. He's the one that like led the the Germany to their title. And he's German. He's not like he's not Doncic, but he's very good. And he's also not American. These young teams, dude, Magic, Rockets, like they got so much talent that it's like it's got a fruition. And like, yeah, they're not going to be able to keep it all throughout the years, but. You know, those are the type of teams you got to worry about because if they get chemistry, and that's all it comes down to is a team sport, right? You could have just like these, you know, USA, right? I mean, I, again, it comes down to chemistry. They're working well together. They're playing well together. It could be scary. You know, they're moving that yeah. ball. It could be scary. Well, I think I think the future of the NBA is not going to be super teams like they are. Like, you you know, like the, the yeah, Phoenix has done. Contracts. These, these contracts are too ridiculous, and they're not working. They're really yeah. not working. Like, it, you could say Golden State when KD went there, but – KD went there. Everybody else was already there, right? So it's not like, yeah, they made a super team, but it's not like when LeBron and Bosch went to Miami or like right now in Dallas with Doncic and, and Kyrie or, you know, it's not like, or Phoenix is actually a better example where, where they got Beal, Booker, and Durant. Yeah. But like, I think what's going to happen is you're going to see these guys kind of do almost like the Philly system a little bit where they're going to draft, they're going to try to find at least a star of their own. And then you're going to try to see – you're going to see, like, who's disgruntled, who can come in. Like, Orlando's a great example. Orlando has a very good young core, but they need someone that can score. Like, score, yeah. score. Not like – like, Bancaro is a good scorer. Franz is a good scorer. But they need, like, an elite, like, point guard that can dish the ball and score. So they're going to wait to find the, the – they're going to find they're going to find somebody disgruntled, and, and that's how they're going to build their team. Like, And it'll be enticing. They'll be like, wow, yeah. talent we got there, yeah. Yeah, and that's how all these small teams have to do it. You can't you really can't build a team or you have to do what like like the Pacers did where they trade Sabonis for Halliburton and get very I mean, they're not really lucky. Everybody knew Halliburton was gonna be really good. And Sabonis was pretty good. Now he's like, you know, top level scorer at the center position. Like that's the kind of stuff you're gonna see. Like now they could build around him and bring in guys around this this all league player and it's because no one can afford these big contracts. That's the problem. Right. No right. one can afford them. But just speaking in circles at this point. No. <laughs> NBA, I, believe me, I could talk NBA. I could talk a lot of sports. But um, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> same, same. Sports, sports are definitely like top notch sports. And as you can tell by my background, comics, video games, cartoons. But that's for sketching up, which you can also find on this uh, this channel, by the way, if you're looking for that sketching up. Almost that episode mm-hmm. 100. Um. Anyway, but going back to to your golf stuff, I very quickly. I at Dick Sporting Goods was a golf pro, so you know I was. I was pretty up there. I was so bad at golf. That's just that's just where they put me. I wanted to be in the baseball section. Obviously, that's where my knowledge was. And they were like, no, go into the golf section. So I went there. And the, the good thing about being there is there was this guy. I don't remember what his name is. but he I don't remember what his name is. But he was older. He was there forever. He actually taught me how to fix my swing and stuff like that. So for two years, I was at the peak of my golf game because I actually knew how to hit the ball. I haven't played golf in a long time. I, I still hang on to my baseball roots and go play in the summers as much as I can and stuff like yeah. that. So I don't want to play golf because it always screws up my swing. Oh, yeah. But I did enjoy, first of all, I only enjoy nine holes. I'm, I can't do 18. I don't know how y'all do 18. It's, it's too long. It's like five hours. I don't That's know how y'all do it. Maybe I could be done. Two and a half, three. Two and a half on 18? Oh, yeah. Three, 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 three. Yeah, but I'm not that good. I slice into the woods. I want to find my ball. I can't find no it. One's if no one's out there, you can cruise. And that's why, like, sometimes I'll be, like, the first one out. And, like, yeah. But, no, I I, I feel you, dude. Uh, weekend round where you're teeing off at 11, 12, that's a four and a half. Yeah, and, I, and, and, again, going back to somebody that's not that good, like I would definitely consider myself back into the not good category. I was decent. Now I'm back into not being good. I haven't played in like five years, but another thing when you're not that good, that really sucks is like the people behind you, then you're, you're shooting through or they're rushing you and, or people on the green that just sit there forever. And you're like, all right, come on. Like you're holding everybody. That's the kind of stuff that frustrates me, but you get the same thing in basketball. I go play pickup basketball. I have people I'm playing with and you got to wait until you can get on. So it's not, really any different i guess yeah yeah and that's that's stuff that i still you know you still deal with today whether it's you know and i don't mind it and and i say it too i'll believe me because i'll play with people and they'll be like oh this is just our second time out or whatever and i don't care um but i feel like they feel like i do because you know i'm playing well or they think i'm i'm something and and again at the end of the day i always tell them like dude we all started somewhere like we're all yeah all right we're at one point right so I'm like, I don't care. And, and at the end of the day, as long as we're not slowing everybody up, I don't mind. Like, but if we do, I will say, hey, hey we got to might have to pick it up a little bit. Like, don't look for your ball for 20 minutes. Like, we're not again, you're not that good. You lost it, whatever. Because I, when I lose my ball, I'm not looking for it. I'll drop. I'll take a drop. This is how it is. Um, but yes, yeah, when you get caught up with people in front of you and then you're backed up and you're waiting every hole and then your rhythms, you know, it's it's a rhythm game. And that's why truly if I'm playing to score, I like, I, I like to get out early. I want to get out there and like, I mean, I don't care if I'm with or anybody playing that early in the morning is going to be pretty decent. Right. I don't think anybody's waking up. I would up. think so. No one, no, no scrubs getting up at six in the morning. To play golf. I'll tell you yeah. that right now. Right. And so, yeah. And so usually I'll get out there with people and, and you, you cruise, you, you cruise. And, and truly, I mean, I actually like playing in the rain because then I know it's going to be empty. And so, I mean, dude, the quickest round, I think was like an hour and 50, 18. I was like, wow, it's insane. 
That's I actually, you're not the first person I've ever heard say that. I know other people that golf there are like, yeah, like when I go, I love going in the rain because like, first of all, your ball doesn't like, if you, if you like hitting precise mids, they're like, it's perfect. Cause it'll just splat and then like stay right there. You don't have to worry about roll or anything like that. The greens are a lot slower, so you could take it easier. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard that many times before that they love playing in the rain and you're not held up because no one's going to be there. Cause why would someone play in the rain? Everybody can't. Yeah. As long as it's not dumped, like, I have played in like dumping, but I, that can get a little annoying. Your feet like are full of water, like your hands. It's slippery. Was that Caddyshack where they're playing in the pouring rain? Is that the stuff you like going out in? Yeah, that's where you're going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> runs off. That's that's the kind of stuff you like going on. I mean, I mean, that's honestly, not, that's I prefer it's not what I prefer, right? But like in rain, but I will, like I, I will, especially in the summer, summertime. Like now, it's gonna be freaking cold. Now it sucks. Is like sun's going down early. Like twilight golf, twilight mid or dead summer, dude, is the best. Dude. It's sunny until nine o'clock at night. You know, you can tee off at at six and maybe get an eighteen. Who knows? But like now, you know, you you tee off at five. Five. Good luck. You might get in nine. You know what I mean? Like yeah. At this point, it's so it's like it's a weird time of year. Although fall golf is great with the foliage and everything, um, cooler weather. It's a cooler weather, right? Yeah, I kind of like wearing pants um, playing, but uh, yeah, it's 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 fun, but it sucks for me because either like if I were trying to do the early morning stuff now, it's frost delays. Like it's 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 pretty. It's forty five, forty six. Like I just played in Vermont two weekends ago. And we teed off my dad and I, it was 46 degrees. Um, I don't mind it. Like, again, I don't mind it, but like when it's a frost delay, right? That means you can't tee off. You can't do nothing. They won't let you walk. Cause apparently frost, you step on greens and whatnot. It just destroys, destroys it. Destroys it. Yeah. It, kill, yeah, it kills the grass. Cause it's so thin. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's a weird time of year. I enjoy it, but it's mostly weekend golf now. Um, and whereas it was, you know, I, I could play again after work or, you know, early before work if I could. So it was, those are the, those are good times. That's when I'm really playing. And that's where I'm playing so much golf on my game is like, I'm like, man, I go out there. I just know I, I trust everything. But again, dude, that's what's weird about golf is you can be on such a roll and the next day you go out there and you, you suck in your standard. Right. And you're like, what? Nothing's going right. Everything you did the day before isn't happening. You're, you're, yeah. you're hitting a straight. Now you're hitting a draw. Next day you're hitting a slice. You're like, how am I even doing this? I can't even, I can't even tell myself to do this. I couldn't even get out there and be like, I want to curve it this way, or that way. Like, I can't. I'm not good enough to do that. But like, how am I doing this without even trying? And then, you, so you could have real frustrating days, especially if you're paying good money. Where, you know, I I I paid a hefty price to play one of the top courses this year in South Carolina, and I played one of the worst rounds of my life. But I'm not gonna like. I, I just enjoyed every second being out there. And again, the beauty of it and the history, like PGA has been played there numerous times. Phil wanted it there in 2021. 20, I think he won the PGA championship there. Uh, mm -hmm. Kiowa is the course. It's, it's insanely priced, but uh, it's right on the ocean. And again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it, you know, and again, they're hard. They're super hard courses. Like it's, it's actually one of the hardest courses it, it's, I think it's number one in the States, but it's like top 10 or 20 in the world of like hardest conditions and whatever. I mean, dude, ocean, you got 25 mile an hour winds coming one way, the other way, hurting. It's probably your ball. beautiful though. 
dude. I couldn't. And then we had a caddy. It was a whole different experience. I've never had a caddy before. <laughs> I, I caddied when I grew up, like, but I, yeah. barely, I barely got picked. I was a little guy. So I maybe got like three loops out of going like for four weeks. And I was like, well, I'm not doing this anymore. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Having a caddy was wild. It was a, it was a different experience. Um, but it was cool. It was with, you know, me and my, my best friend. And then ironically, we played with two guys from New Hampshire. Um, it was a father, son, dad was probably like high seventies, if not in his eighties. And he was friggin' striping it. I'm yeah. Like, crushing it. Well, yeah. you got to remember he's been doing it for 50 years. So like, no, he, was, he, he knows again, what he's doing. Distance, it's not even distance. though. it's just like straight, 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 straight. Yeah. yeah. I had you a friend that only, I, I had a friend that would only play with, um, with uh, irons because they hit them straight. And I guess that's something you like pe- people that are big golfers are like, well, that's like, you, that just shows you're weak basically. But I'm like, that's a smart idea. I also hit my iron straight, but I, I want to try to crush it off the tee. That's why I hit it into the woods. I want to hit it as hard as I, I move slow, but I still want to try to hit it as far as I can. That's the biggest thing. That's the biggest thing I realized. I mean, shit, again, with golf, all I did, if I was, playing golf from the ages of like 12, whatever. It was like hitting the driving range or mini golf. Like that was it. And I was ripping driver as, and I was trying to hit as hard as I could. That's all I wanted to do. And uh, that's mostly, again, a lot of, again, guys getting in or guys trying to get better. That's where they, and like your friend's smart for, for honestly, like guys love their drivers or their three woods or whatever too much where like, they don't want to put it away. They're like, Oh, I can hit it here. And like yeah. when you're on a hole, that's like tight, it's the risk reward levels aren't great, right? Maybe you hit your driver 280 to 300 or 250 to 300, whatever. But like truly, and that's what's wild about golf is they tell you to actually like play it backwards. Like essentially you want to hit to your favorite distances. So if you have a club where you're, you're like, like I'm 50 degree that I hit a hundred, 200, like 15 yards. It's my, it's my comfort zone. Like I put myself there. So I'll, instead of hitting that driver or whatever, where, you know, I might be a little bit closer to the hole, or I'm trying to drive the green. Like there's so many, again, it's ego, there's so much ego where you got to like take it out of it. Like, yeah. And you just got to, again, like, dude, your buddy who plays irons, I'm sure he, he shoots pretty well. And if it's doing, if it's working for him, let it work for him again. That's where it's, that's where golf is so wild is like, you could have so many different skill base levels or be good at one thing or not at another. And you're always going to have to work on something. You're always going to have to get better. But anybody can do it. Like you said, anybody can get there and find something that works and make it work. And then you just yeah. work on those little things. Um, but yeah, again, it's an addicting sport, man. It's uh, if you get, you know, a good hole turns into a good round, a good nine holes and it turns into a good 18. Right. And then you're like, Oh, I'm pretty good. And then you suck. And then you're like, and then oh, you go back to next to, yeah. And, and, it's yeah oh. and then your buddy's like, let's go play. You're like, all right. And then you play good. Right, let's go. you beat, and then you beat them for some money, right? And you're like, well, fine. you know, it's, 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 it's <laughs> and flows, man. Like, let me earlier this year, after I shit the bed a lot in South Carolina, because I played pretty bad all of that whole trip. We played 99 holes in seven days. And uh, yeah, I wasn't very great. I, I didn't break 90, or I break, broke 90 one time. And my handicap last year, finishing up because this is in april so again this is a long winter where like i don't you don't know where you stand especially as a northeast golfer mm-hmm. it's hard it's hard to have a handicap true one because guys in florida right they can play all year so you know where you're at whereas like at the end of the year here once you come back your handicap is not what it was it's not going to be because you've just been cooped up for so long maybe play some simulator which 
is okay. It's not, I mean, it's fun to hit the ball to get reps in, but like it's putting sucks and chipping sucks. So like, it's weird. So like, I was like disgruntled because I was like, man, I was way better last year. Like I, I, like I was low eighties at the end of last year and I broke seven, uh, broke 80 a few times. And again, I've had goals. I, I've made goals each year and, and I've hit them besides this year. I have not, I've, uh, my goal this year was to shoot even par. I never did it. I shot two over though. So I'm, I'm like, you're getting there. You're I'll getting there. It. Yeah. But. My my dad, who was very big into golf, he doesn't do it as much now, but he's a very smart man. And he told me, you never really should play against people. Play against yourself. Make yourself better each time you go out. Like, yeah, you can have fun playing with your buddies and stuff, but, like, the number one person you should be competing with is yourself. Like, you should tr- be trying to make your next round better than your last round, and that's how you're going to get better. Like, yeah, competing with other people is fun, and like you said, having side weight, all that stuff is really fun. But if you can – you go out and you shoot, one like, a 91 and an 88 the next one, you're, you're getting better. Like, that's how you should always go out and do that. That's how he does it. Like, he'll go out and yeah. play tournaments where all he cares about is out shooting himself in the last one yeah and that's i mean that's what golf is regardless and i've talked to because again i didn't play in high school or nothing but i I play with guys who did and i'm like so how because i've noticed it dude believe me i've noticed i don't play that great when i play for money because i'm so focused on their game rather than myself and i'm focused on like oh i hope he fucks up rather than me like let me just let me just get this hole over with let me let me compete on this hole with myself that's what golf is it's you against you and there's nothing you can do about it right there's nothing if you're snowballing no one's gonna save you you know you're not gonna have some poppy come in and hit a grand slam you cannot there's no one saving you in this game and so i think that's what's wild and again that's where it kind of correlates to life where like again you could be you know dealt a shitty hand and and make it out of it or like you could like it's it's again you against you and uh mentally like it's 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 grueling like it can again that's for like the guys who break clubs throw clubs it just shows like you know they they really let it get to them and like at that point you've already lost and why do that right you, you yeah. know maybe yeah. it's happened on the fourth hole but you still got you know 14 holes to go like at the yeah. end of the day like you you could have the shittiest hole and still shoot your best round that happened to me. my first best round when i first broke 80 i tripled the last hole and I still broke broke eight because I was so steady the whole round. Even though I fucked up at the end, it was still good enough to get me over that hump. Whereas, like, I could have let – or you start in, with a double. You, you First hole, you double, and you still end up – like, a lot of people will call quits. Fuck, I'm not doing nothing. I'm breaking records. I'm not breaking my – because that's what a lot of people think is they, like, oh, I doubled. I'm, you know, I'm going to hang it up today. I'm just going to get hammered out here, which again is fun too. You know, some of those times where <laughs> you're out there and you're just like, screw it. I'm going to have a few cocktails out here today. Um, but like, yeah, it's, it's a, it's such a wild game, man. And, and again, I think I, what I've loved about it and what I, I, again, in the future is like, I can play this hopefully, you know, health wise and everything until I'm, you know, 70s, 80s. Like, so you croak. Know, exactly. And that's <laughs> what's cool about it. Right. Is like, Baseball, like it's weird, but like I don't have an itch to to play it again. Like I, my arm is yeah. toast. Like I do, I do have an itch because like again, my I, like I'll play catch and shit, and I'll still have, I'll feel like I still got it. Yeah. But like my arm is toast, and I'm like, I just, I, you know, it hurts. It hurts like a month. Like after I play catch, dude, I, it will it will hang for like three days. So it's like it would have been cool, but the, the, even softball every like, spring, every yeah. spring. 
it's when it happens, right? Yeah. You know, spring training's coming around, you know, well, now, some guys yeah. are playing that you knew and you're like, dang, I really want to play again. And then you Dude, start you're and you're like, awesome. damn. Yeah. yeah. Hey, we need a guy, this, that, whatever. And I'm like, like I would, and, and, it's tough, dude. It's tough saying no, but I think, I think what's going to bring me back and I've talked about it is I'll probably get into coaching, maybe baseball at one point. I haven't done it since uh, the Red Sox camp, but like it was one of the most gratifying jobs I had Yeah. in terms of literally just seeing the kids and, and, and them actually listening to me, like wanting to get better. Obviously not all of them, right? But like, <laughs> you got two or three of those kids who are truly like looking eye to eye and like picking up what you're putting down. And then going out and executing and you're like, wow, like that kid actually wants to get better. And it's cool when you see that because then you see yourself when you were younger and you're like, wow, that was me. And like, and I knew I had bad coaches and whatnot. So was, I, I know I want to get back to the game at one point, but right now I'm kind of focused on my game, you know? Yeah. You know, that's like the number one thing. So I, when I went to Gonzaga originally, I was doing it to, for coaching. And for anyone that doesn't know, that's actually how I started my weight loss is I was training to get in better shape because I was going to be a GA at Gonzaga, which ended up not happening because of COVID and, and whatever. But uh, like the number one reason people become coaches is because they've had bad coaches. Like yeah. that's, I think that's insane. Like it's not because, yeah, we, we all want to make the kids better. We all want, but the number one reason you see a lot of guys that are good dudes that love the sport and want to see people get better, become coaches is not because of any of those three things. It's because they've had bad coaches and they know they're not going to be that. And it's just, that's such a, a crazy stat. Like if you took a poll, yeah. which I know this because for a research paper, I did take a poll. <laughs> And yeah. uh, that's, that's the number one reason people become coaches is because they're, there's the, the guys that are like D one higher professional, whatever, that's probably not it. They just love yeah. the sport. They're knowledgeable, like high school coaches, little league coaches, travel ball coaches, all that stuff. That's why I was coaching. I've had bad coaches. Like that's, it's really the, it's crazy how, how big of a reason it is for a lot of people to become coaches. Yeah. Political favorites. Um, whatever may be right is, is a lot when it comes, you know, they want to be the star rather than the team, right. They want, you know, yeah. the wins. they, they take the wins and make it seem like they're the reason. Right. And I have never, that's not what I, again, that's not what I would get into coaching for. I wouldn't care about winning or whatever, or I would like, I'd want to win. But... You want to win, but you want to win because the people that are around you are improving, not because yeah. you're there, like a good coach. That's what it is. You're improving everybody. And that helps the improvement of the team. If you think you're just going to come in, you're going to win because you're the greatest of all time. It's not going to happen. Like you have to, you have to set a standard for the people there. Yeah. Culture big time. Right. And it's just like, if the kids are enjoying being there and that's something that ended up happening to me in a, in a, in a sense, right. Is like baseball became not that enjoyable for me anymore. It was, it was super saturated with the amount like college baseball is wild, right. The amount of people who get, you know, um, recruited and whatever, like you get, you know, promises and this and that when you're getting in the recruiting process and you get there and, you know, you got eight infielders and, you know, you got already guys starting who are junior seniors and, you know, you're grinding, you get some time, then you make a mistake and then you're pulled out. And it's like, I shouldn't, I mean, it's, it's a wild thing, right? Where a coach can truly turn you off from the game that you've loved your whole life. Um, it's awful. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough, man. Uh, because it started happening. My high school coach wasn't great either. And so like that, that kind of, but it never deterred me. That was just why I was like, I was like, I know who I am. I know what I can do. And if, you know, you want to, 
because I had arm issues and he's like, you got to pitch. I'm like, dude, I'm not pitching. Like I have a doctor's you note, know, like I'm not ruining my future for you. Like I'm not mm-hmm. doing that. And he's like, all right, well then you can't play shortstop. I'm like, all right, I'll play wherever then. What do you want to put me? He puts me in center. Still did you know, <laughs> out there. And I'm like, do it. Like we'll do whatever, man. Like but that's the stuff where, you know, again, like you're saying, it's just, it's coaching. There's so many good coaches out there, but there are so many bad ones that just have just, again, different, um, I don't know. They're doing it for the different weird reasons, different reasons, right? Whether again, little league because coach their kid, but then they're only favoriting their kid and their friends. And- I, th- I think that's different. Uh, little league coaching. Yeah. It's very political, but yeah. I personally, my, my personal theory is there's so many more bad coaches today than there's ever been. And I don't, I can't speak as a fact to that because I yeah. was not around. I've never taken a poll. I've never taken a survey, nothing, yeah. but I think there's a lot more bad coaching today and it might just be this there's an oversaturation of coaches because of there's travel ball from U U seven to U 19, like U 20, like, and, and with all those teams and it's not like it's just one per state. There's in a single state, you can have 150 travel programs that have eight to nine teams each. You need a coach for every single one of them. Like you're not going to always have the cream of the crop. And I think, I also think AAU ball, and, and this is more speaking for basketball and baseball than anything else. I think that's really, I think that's changed a lot, a lot of like what kids get burnt out. I think it really ruins kids athletically as well. But I mean, that's, this is all a topic I think for maybe not, maybe this is a topic perfect for now. I think, it, I think it ruins a lot of kids careers because you're playing a sport that's taxing on you at a very high competitive level. I think, I think youth needs non-competitiveness for a little bit. I don't mean like, little leagues giving trophies to everybody or anything like that. Like that's not the side I'm on, but you need to go in and and play to have fun for a little bit before you start playing to be competitive. I think maybe 15, 16, 17, maybe even 14, like when you get to high school, that's when you should start seeing competitive baseball. I don't even mean AAU. Like even if you're just playing high school ball or something like that, but like when you're, when you're 10 years old, you shouldn't be, competing at a high level at, at that point, you're going to ruin your arm. You're going to ruin, you're going to ruin a lot of things. And you, you know, the worst part is you can have a nine-year-old go over four, four strikeouts, lose a championship game. And you ruin this person's confidence at nine years old. Like oh, yeah. they don't know how to process this. No. And like, yeah, no, you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, think about it. I mean, cause not only that, and then the peers, right. The peers will be the ones to be on it. But you still go through, you're the reason we love whatever. Right. And this is a lot of snowball with that, but you, again, with the young ages with AU, I mean, dude, and it's a money game. That's the biggest thing. It's a yeah, that's the worst part. These kids, these parents are spending $2,000 or $3,000 for their 10, 11 year old to play travel ball for something that truly don't matter. Like you're saying, right, is where they should be enjoying the summer. Like, yeah, play baseball like two, two days a week, three days a week, but not, you know, you shouldn't be playing double headers on Saturday, Sunday, and then another couple games throughout the week that you're whatever. Yeah. Like, that's what. And I can, I can say that that's kind of happened. I started, I think, 13. 13 was my first AAU. 13, 14. Well, it might have been 14, but it was AAU. And, I mean, then I was on, like, 16 at once. I was on, like, four. It was, like, AAU. Because it was first Babe. So I was Babe Ruth, Lou Tompkins, yeah. AAU, and then some other team. It was, like, all Newton. It was, like, an all Newton all-star team or something. And, like, dude. It, I told my dad that at one point I was a little burnt out from it, but I never, I never lost the love of the game from that. But I do think it, it's, it screwed me a little bit because those coaches again, don't care. You'd be pitching no. you seven, 
five innings. You you pitch well, right, through five innings out of seven. And then you play doubleheader and you're playing shortstop and you're making seven, eight plays plus all the warm-ups throughout it. And it's a big diamond and you just transition from 13 to 14. Yeah. It could take a toll. And I think it did on me for sure. My arm was just like toasted, toasted when I came like 16, 17. When I, when I coached AAU, I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of AAU ball. And I had a not great experience playing AAU ball or travel ball, whatever you want to call it. But I did coach it because it's same reason I worked for the Red Sox as a Yankees fan. Like they were willing to pay me. No one else was. And so you got to do what you get your best at. Right. So when I did it, I always, we always had a schedule of who pitched when for what team. Cause again, like you're saying, like these kids would play for their schools. They play for this team. They played little league. They played Babe Ruth. So like if a kid pitched on a Wednesday and we played on a Saturday, guess what? Your kid's not pitching all weekend. Like yeah. if your kid pitched three innings and pitched 70 pitches on a Tuesday or Wednesday, I'll be like, well, listen, the most they're going to pitch is an inning and 15 pitches. Like that's it. Like we're not blowing out their arm for any reason. I'll say on top of this, our record was never that good, but the teams we would play, these kids would be pitching Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, like all the time. And major league baseball pitchers don't do that much. Like these guys are professionals. They five, six days. You have to have that. You do not go on short rest. When guys go on short rest, it's a huge deal. And there's a reason for that because they shouldn't be doing it. And so this 13 year old should. Like that doesn't make any sense. This kid's gonna have Tommy John at 14 years old. Like it makes it's no happening. sense. It's happening often. It's right happening now. often. Another thing that that I had never taught. I'm kind of just going to my own coaching philosophy at this point. I never taught curveballs. I never taught a curveball. I would never teach a slider. I was fastball changeup guy. I would teach you five different fastballs. I wasn't a pitcher. I was a catcher my whole life. I picked up a lot of stuff being a catcher. Being, you know, doing working with guys after that as well, not only with the Red Sox, but I've worked with a lot of colleges and stuff like that, like picking up different ways to throw fastballs, picking up different ways to throw changeups. I could teach you four different ways to throw a changeup, five to six different ways to throw a fastball. And that's all I would teach you no curveballs, no sliders, no nothing like that, because it kills these kids' arms at 13, 12, 13, 14. It kills their arms. Curveballs, like, I feel like they're taught very early, and there is ways you can throw curveballs without doing the break. But by the time you get, if you want an actual curveball, you have to have the break, but yeah, I well, didn't teach them do that. I mean, like you said, the fastball changeup, like those are, those are the two pitches that are going to get you noticed. Like no one's like, Dude, I mean, you can, yeah, that guy's got a sick curveball, 12 to six, whatever. It's got a lot of movement, but like if you could throw decently hard or if you have a good changeup, which no, like think about some of these guys in the MLB who don't have a good changeup is because they never yeah. learned it. They didn't. And that's that pitch. I can truly differentiate you. You know what I mean? You think about Pedro, like his fastball changeup, like that's what was his bread and butter and you couldn't touch it. And, uh, yeah. and they don't teach changeups. They don't like to teach changeups because I don't know. And I guess at a young age, a changeup in a sense, isn't that much of a difference because you know, these kids don't but throw that hard. I, but I disagree. I totally yeah. disagree. I'm going to cut right. you off there. Cause I super disagree with this. Okay. I think a changeup, even though the speed difference isn't going to be that much at this age, the movement difference between a, a, a not a four seam, you could throw a two seam, you could throw a sinker, you could throw all those different fastballs. The movement difference between the two, like at that, at the age of 12, 13, 14, even 15, when I was teaching, uh, I was a assist, uh, assistant head coach for a high school and I was teaching ages 12, 13, 16, and 18 U at the time. 
and I was doing private lessons. Now all I taught were fastballs and changeups. And to the younger kids, I'm like, listen, it's not the sexiest thing. It's not the thing you're going to really go, oh man, my curveball breaks this much. At this age, your curveball is not going to do anything. It's just going to kind of loop in the air. So why not throw these pitches that are going to break in different ways? And I had a lot of these kids have success now. I've been following them into high school and they pitch fastballs and changeups and their fastball goes this way. Their changeup goes this way. Their sinker goes this way. Their four seam looks like it's going up. Like it's, it's not really the change, the change of speeds, which you're going to get to eventually, but it's the different movement, different placement. Yeah. They all come like this, but then right. they're all going different directions. And that's what's making these guys, this is what's giving you that success. So yes, I do agree with you that the change of speed is completely irrelevant because they're going to be the same speed. These kids don't throw hard enough or anything, right, but right, when you're right. teaching them the right way to do it, you're teaching the right grips, you're teaching the right way to throw it. It's the movement of the pitch. That is big to me. Like the uh, the yeah. cutter, change up, sinker, two seam, four seam. It was like the 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 circle change and the regular change. Those were the those were the ones I always taught. And I had kids that like are being looked at by colleges now because they pitch those pitches, and they're very successful at pitching those pitches. I had a kid that threw sixty five tops when he got to his senior year, and he was looked at by colleges because all he did was throw fastballs and change ups, and he could pin them. He can paint them. No, paint. Yeah, it's, uh, accuracy is everything. And, and, and I, I agree with you. I was, I, I guess my point was like, I guess I never saw a good changeup from me. I'm not, and I'm, what I'm thinking is like a young age when like you're learning to pitch, I guess. So I'm, so I'm talking like little. No one teaches age. it. Yeah, no, no. Especially when you pitch. Like, did did someone up. say like, hey, this is how you should throw your changeup this way and this no, way? Like, no, no, there's like, here's right. your fastball, throw you a curveball. And the kid's hands aren't big enough. You know what I mean? So it's got to be. It, you know, you're right. 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 Um, it's basically yeah. a palm ball at 13 years old, but it yeah, still right. gives you that break that you want. It still right. gives you the break that you want. And, and that's what I really look for in these, yeah. with these kids. So, sure. yeah, but your point is correct, but I'm countering the part yeah, where yeah. it doesn't matter. I think it still sure. does matter. And then when you get to 16, 17, 18, your hands grow and you get bigger that's and you're throwing harder. Yeah. You, you've been perfecting this pitch since you were 12, 13 years old. Like yeah, these five, so six, much, seven you're, pitches. You're far. You're you're almost fur, further ahead than some guys that are in college, right? That that maybe yeah. had a good fastball, curveball, fastball slider, whatever. Because again, well, a lot of guys, like you said, it's not sexy, and and you know, in terms of practicing it, it doesn't. You know, it's not fun. Not yeah, it's not it's fun. Not fun. I, no. I think I I threw a slider when I pitched. I would I tried to teach kids how to. Throw, I think the slider is the most dangerous one because if you don't have your mechanics right it destroys destroys your arm yeah, so like I a lot of crazy shit when i was younger too that's another thing for sure i was never yeah. good at it i had crazy shit in little league um but yeah i don't i don't, I don't know if it was a good thing yeah and now you're you're like you said your arm hurt like my arm hurts when i throw yeah, because it's, it's i threw a ton really of sliders yeah it's not really my elbow i never really had elbow issues but it's too my my rotator cuff yeah my rotator cuff and everything is just toasted dude yeah it's yeah so when you go into coaching, telling you, teach those things. The kids are going to – you can make it fun too. What I would say is if you can throw these pitches, I'll teach you how to throw a knuckleball. I Oh, dude, yeah. I can't tell you. If my kids all became pros, we would have a flock of knuckleballers because I would always teach them how to do knuckleballs, and I would say we could practice knuckleball after we practice fastball changeup, fastball changeup because they want the curveball, they want the slider. And then when they get old enough, I'll show them the curveball and slider and all that stuff because you do need to know that stuff at some point. Or if yeah, you're closer, you don't. I mean, Mo, Mo got by with one pitch, so. Right. No. He's pretty dang no, good. For sure. The incentive, the incentivizing them. 
and shit. That's what we used to do, you know, at those camps. I mean, that's what made it fun. It's like yeah. we were in control, and uh, and like we weren't going to push that stuff because obviously we. That's all we heard. Oh, two three, throw a curveball, clean slider, you know, yeah. whatever, screwball, right? all these pitches. It's like, dude, focus on. Can you even throw? Can you even throw a second pitch? Like, can you throw anything yeah. else? Like, can you even throw your fastball? Yeah, can you, can you throw. <laughs> You can throw. <laughs> you throw a ball. <laughs> you know what a ball is. My favorite yeah. part of those camps, especially the second, you weren't there for my second year when I basically had the the head of the camps. My favorite part was going up and these kids would talk smack to you and you just hit one, a nuke 450 feet off an eight-year-old. Oh my God. It was, it's the best feeling in the world. You just absolutely crush it and then you just walk to the next field. Oh, I loved it. That was my favorite oh, yeah. part of it all. The best thing, like, smack. I'm automatic hitter on both teams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me know when it's my at bat. I'm going to run over there and crush one and then come back. Everybody back up because yeah. I'm being a lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody take 52 steps back. Oh, <laughs> 52 man. steps. And I, I never, luckily, and not that I can remember, I never hit one on the ground. I feel, probably would feel so. You go up there, you just hit one you on the ground. Like, it. Damn it. Yeah, Dude, I'd rather hit a 450 foot oh, pop God. up to the pitcher yeah. <laughs> than a ground ball that made it through for a double or something like that. I'm not running. That's I'm not weapon. sprinting. That is yeah. a you hit a ground yeah. ball or a line drive. That is truly a weapon that could murder a small child. Yeah. 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 And <laughs> even the 13 year olds weren't enough to do that. But. Yeah. It's still a small child. And it's still a small child. Same, they may be a little better, but 90 mile hour off the bat. <laughs> right at a 13 year old oops <laughs> hey you signed the waiver right kid yeah, um right. Be- before we take off so um tell tell us where we could find wicked hot golf uh how often do you post all that stuff where else can people find you yeah so i'm only on instagram right now um i'm probably gonna do i'm probably gonna do a, a youtube pretty soon especially because of like what i have with with the drone the drone right I don't have, I mean, they make newer ones now, but I don't have one that shoots in, you know, whatever the 16 by nine. Um, so it's wide. It's, you know, so it sucks when you got to condense that and the, the quality isn't as great as like what it actually is. Um, and that's what YouTube is. And I think maybe I'll start doing maybe some course reviews, stuff like that. And maybe like full rounds of golf. I don't know. Uh, but I, I might play around on YouTube at one point, um, probably soon. Um, because again, I think I have tons of content. I mean, I have so much stuff from the past, you know, two years or so. I think I feel like I feel like I started two years ago. Um, mm-hmm. And in terms of posting, like I, I try again. It's hard, especially it's going to get a lot harder right now um, with the cold weather. But you know, I'll try and make some trips. Like I, like I did this year. I did South Carolina, and, and I had a buddy, and I have a lot of content from it. But I didn't play great, but I have funny stuff. A lot of funny stuff from that. That yeah. trip. It doesn't matter if you play great, to be honest. It just matters getting the content out there yeah. and, and having the backup of it. Twice a week I'm posting now, but I want to I wanted to start to post every day at one point. But it's hard. It's hard to keep it up, especially with a full time job. Um, it's hard to stay up on it. But you know, it's it's a hobby now, it's for fun. It's to get people into golf and to, you know, kind of get people more engaged of like talking about, you know, their favorite stuff about you know, what are your favorite courses, what are your, you know, what's your coolest shot you've ever done or witnessed or whatever it's i like to get people engaged with it um but it also keeps me engaged and again i think meeting people um whether it's through the app um because like i said i mean I've, I've communicated a lot with some of these other um content creators or whatever and uh it's cool hearing their stories what they're about you know a lot of them are, are you know coaches strength and conditioning stuff like that and it's cool to hear their side and 
know, they're trying to, you know, understand what, what, how I'm trying to get better. But, um, but at the end of the day, I mean, I'm doing this because I like it. I enjoy it. And I'm trying to, I guess, push the game a little bit more and make it a little bit more, um, not, not mainstream, but just like, cause golf isn't, golf isn't the pretty, the pretty sport. It's not the sport that anybody really talks about. Um, but I think it's what's crazy about it is you can play from a young age. And if you do, and that's, I mean, most guys I play with who are not that great or are just getting into it and getting better. Everybody's like, I wish I played when I was 11, 12 years old. And like you said, in terms of versatility of a, of a kid, kids should be playing three sports when they're younger until they're yeah. you know, even in high school. Like, yeah, it's good to focus on one sport, but like, you got to be a little bit, you know, uh, you never know what you're going to love if you don't try everything. You I just found hurt. my love for ten- for tennis two years ago. I never knew I had it, but it's because I never tried. Yeah, tennis tennis is a tough sport. Um, it is. Tennis is a tough sport. I like ping pong. I've never played pickleball. I know that's a big one now. Um, it's I fun. I think it'd be pretty good. I think it'd be pretty good. But- yeah, you'd, be, you, you'd do great. If you are athletic in any sort of way, you'll do fine. But, that's um, what I've noticed. You either have to be slow, old, and very skilled – like yeah. curving the ball, or if you just have any little bit of athleticism, you'll be good. If, and if you're very athletic, you're going to be fine. doesn't matter what. <laughs> right. Just don't pop the ball. For don't sure. pop the ball up in the air. That's it. That's the only thing you got to not do. Yeah, I saw some woman get pretty mad recently. It was like a pickleball tournament, and the girl kept hitting it into the sun, and she was complaining because she couldn't hit it into the sun. It was like, why are you complaining? Like, make an adjustment or let the ball drop. She was, like, hitting it directly in the sun and missing every time. She would get pissed about it. I'm like – Make an adjustment. Well, that, that so if you verse somebody that's really good at pickleball and you're kind of popping it, they're gonna you're going to lose every single time. They're just right. going to smack it down in front of you. So, like, you mm-hmm. got to either very soft into the kitchen, as they call it, or you have to really just lace one. And that's why if you're athletic, you're good because they'll try to they'll try to slam them all the time. But if you're just even a bit athletic, you can get over. It's like ping pong, but it's human size. That's literally right. what it is. It's ping pong, right. but it's human size. But it's fun. It's, it's definitely fun. I like tennis more. My, my girlfriend and I play a lot of tennis and it's because my, my time at the U S open, um, got me into tennis. I really just enjoyed how in golf kind of fits into this soccer is definitely fit into this. Cause I've worked in soccer, but tennis, I didn't real like, you knew they were athletic. You knew there was athleticism cause you'd see matches going for six hours. The amount of athleticism these, at, these athletes come in with is just so off the wall and you don't, doesn't even TV does not do it any justice. Replays don't do it any seeing Djokovic or Alcarez in person go from one side of the court all the way to the other side of the court, all the way to the net. You don't realize how far of a run that is until you've done it, until you really up close and see it. So it's I've definitely grown a love for it. The endurance, it's just insane. Yeah, no, I, I respect the hell out of tennis players, but I don't I've never really truly watched it. I've never been to a live event, never been to a live golf event. Um, ironically, uh, that's probably going to be soon, but yeah, I, I never, I never did. There was actually one in Brookline mass, the U S open last year. Um, I actually got to play that course this year, which is pretty nice. sweet. The U S open is, or was in Brookline. It was in Brookline last year. Yeah. Wow. Um, which was pretty sweet, a really historic course. That's extremely private. Um, and I was lucky enough to know someone who's caddied there. Um, and that's how I got on, but it's, yeah, it's very private. That's what's cool too. There's so much history to the game. Um, and you go back and you think like, wow, Tiger Woods played this course or, you know, they did this or so this is like historic moments on certain holes. And again, back getting into golf and, and, you know, whether it's watching old things or like, like I said, the Ryder cup this week, it's like, 
when you haven't watched it and then you do, especially the Ryder Cup, like I, if you've never watched any of the Ryder Cup type stuff, it is insane. It is, it yeah. is like most rowdy because it's, it's Europe versus U.S. And this, this is in Italy. This is going to be a European crowd that's going to be booing the U.S. guys and they're going to be fired up for the, for the European guys. And they're like as loud as it can get. So they're on the tee box. They do a practice thing. They're like, woo. Ooh, you'll hear the whole crowd just making noises. It is wild. Um, yeah. And it's, it's it's stuff that, like, again, you you Tiger brought golf onto the scene, but, like, the I'm liking where it's going when it comes to just, like, the, the popularity of, like, the the fans and getting into it. Um, live golf is wild. It's different. Um, a lot of people, there's a lot of chatter with it, but I think it's cool. It's different. It's a team, too. It's a team sport, and that's something that's cool with golf, too, is, like, and I think that's how you get other friends involved is scrambles. Scrambles are fun as hell where like that, your buddy don't play can contribute with putts and can mix in a good shot every now and again that you take their ball, whatever. And it's a team sport, right? You're working together. So that's, what's, that's what's cool about the game. And that's what I found to love about it. And there's so much more to learn. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of the spiel. That's kind of wicked hard golf, wicked hard golf. That's, wicked uh, hard golf. That's what it is, man. It's uh it's, it's my baby, but like, again, it's kind of just, it's for fun. And, you know, it's, it, I've seen myself grow. Like I was, I didn't, I didn't have much and, you know, I'm, I'm almost at 2000 followers, which is pretty cool. Like, um, especially for, for, again, I've been on some hiatuses, especially this year. I haven't posted a ton this year, um, but I, I've been playing a lot still and I've been getting better. And I think I'm just kind of figuring out my niche or what I want to do because I'm kind of all over the place, but we'll figure it out. So go follow Wicked Hard Golf and you'll get the content and you'll maybe even learn a little bit. And uh, I, have, I have a brilliant idea and then we'll, then this will be it. All right. This yeah. is for Wicked Hard Golf. No one else can use this. No one else. This is for Wicked Hard Golf. This is, this is my creative mind for you. If you want a really good piece of content, and this can be when you make your YouTube, go get wireless lav mics, get two of them, yeah. one for you and one for somebody else. And then go when someone's going out as a single pair up with them and like interview them while you're playing and put that out as content. I've thought that, believe me, dude. I, yeah, I've, I've thought that's is a great idea. Cause I have thought that I've, I've thought of like, it's cause it's hard, right? Getting the certain person and being like, Hey, do you care if you know, you're part of this or into it? Cause I have done it where I'm like, do you care if I record where it's just me? I'm not, I'm not recording yeah. you, but like you care. But, uh, yeah, it's a good idea. Like whether it's just like a quick interview or like how'd you get into golf? Like story yeah, time, just, right? Story it could be time, very so. basic. It could be yeah, very basic. Could, what do you what do you do? Like you're you're with a person. And so there's this great podcast. I wish I can remember the name of it. It's a it's a great podcast. And if I can remember it, I'll put it in here somewhere. There's a great podcast that what they do is they're in LA, they set up in LA a table with a microphone, and they just have people sit down. Whoever wants to be a part of it gets to just sit down. And they interview them. They yeah. interview this per random person and you learn about people. And, and it went viral because Van Lathan, I don't know if you know who that is. He's with uh, Bill Simmons stuff. He mm -hmm. he sat down and talked with them. Van Lathan's very famous, like very, very famous, like Oscar winner, worked for TMZ for you. He's the one um, that confronted Kanye at TMZ. Yeah, yeah, I know if you remember that, like a long time ago, that's Van Lathan. Now he's with Bill Simmons and he does a lot of stuff like that. But he joined them. He like sat down and he talked about it. He they had no idea who he was. He didn't say his name. They just asked questions like, "So what do you do? Like, what's your biggest accomplishment?" He'd be like, "I I 
one of my biggest accomplishments is like I won an Oscar recently. I was an Oscar and Emmy, something like that. But I like I won an Oscar recently. And these guys are like, who is this guy? Like, no, you know, no. so it's stuff like that yeah. is amazing. And you learn about regular people. For sure. No, that's what I, I guess I was getting at at one point in, in our conversation is like, that's what's cool about golf is like, and like you said, it'd be cool to make content. At it. It's just, you know, I, I'm not at that point where I don't know. I don't have, I don't know if I have the confidence of like, I don't, I don't know if I have the capabilities or because again, I'm, it's me. I don't have like a crew with me to record and whatever. You but, don't need a crew. You don't right, need a crew. All you know, need like, is a tripod, baby. I got that's a tripod, what I've learned. But uh, not in a cart. Like if it's in a golf cart, it's different or if you're sharing a cart with them or not, like that's what's different about golf is like, I essentially had to be in a golf cart with them to make it work. Um, yeah. I thought about maybe like, even if it just a start with friends or like someone who's willing or like not like acquaintance, someone close by that's into golf and, and wants to tell a story or how they got into it. Cause I think that's what's cool about golf is like I said, someone could have started at five years old or they could have started two years ago, two months ago and they just yeah. love it and get addicted. And that's just why I was like, everybody's, at a weird point in golf and they get into it and they're like, wow, this is cool. Um, and so, yeah, for sure. That's definitely on the, on the books. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely thinking about it. Um, <laughs> but it's kind of just the logistics at this point where, I mean, I have GoPros, I can have them pinned to the, the cart. Um, yeah, it's it, easy it's enough. essentially stars aligning when it comes to who you're out there with, you know? So yeah. if it's random, I think I could get there. I've seen people do that on, on the range. They'll go up on the range and say, Hey, what's your handicap? If you don't mind me asking, and you know they'll say that, and they'll say their handicap, and they're like, "Do you mind if we see your swing?" Stuff like that. I've seen, I've seen a lot of cool stuff. Believe me, there's a lot of cool YouTube, uh, Instagram, whatever influencers that you know have some really good ideas with golf that are again growing the game and 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 are getting young kids into it. I think again, because that's young kids. Golf isn't again pretty. It's not the one on TV. It's not Sunday night. You know, it's not Monday night. It's not world series you don't hear about any of their big time stuff so it's really it's more or less kind of getting into the younger generation and um making it fun making golf fun which it is it's a fun sport but it's tough 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 sport go follow wicked hot golf and you keep up with everything thank thank you for joining again hell yeah thank you brother appreciate it thank you mike for joining us go follow wicked hot golf on instagram again also follow on instagram or facebook or twitter or LinkedIn, or TikTok, or I forgot one, but I don't Facebook. Go uh, follow Schnabel Studios. You can stay up to date with everything we do, see the videos we put out, see the podcasts that come out, all that stuff. Go follow us on all the social medias. Uh, and also follow us on YouTube uh, to see different videos, different podcasts. You can hit the subscribe and the bell icon to get up to date. If you're listening to us, Search Novel Studios. You'll find Mad Props. You'll find Sketching Up. You'll find Southern Hospitality. Go follow those. Subscribe to those. Get updated on that so you can hear every episode when it comes out. Won't even need any updates. They'll come straight to your phone. So go do that. Again, follow Wicked Hot Golf to see more of Mike and his adventure through the golf realm. Thank you guys again for coming to episode 49 of Mad Props. I actually don't even think I said that in the first thing. This is episode 49. We're one away from 50. So thank you for uh, watching. Thank you for listening. We're glad you're here. But it's time to say goodbye. See you later. This was Mad Props. Mad Props.